Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, everybody? March 21st edition of the Fightful MMA podcast. Yours truly, Joe Ferrara. Make sure you follow me online at Showdown Joe. Follow at Fightful MMA on social media as well. And FightfulMMA.com for all of your mixed martial arts news. If you're wondering why the screen is going back and forth, we have Elias Theodora. And I know from the background, he's in uh, Montreal, likely training at TriStar. But uh, ladies, uh, on behalf of the Fightful MMA podcast, I do want to apologize. Our lovely Elias Theodoro. He may not be look, looking as pretty as usual. Maybe he does think he's pretty. What's up, brother? Well, clearly, chicks dig scars, so it's all going to work out in the end. Um, no, I'm fantastic. A uh, little bump head clash, uh, nothing more than a, a stitch or two, and uh, it'll be fine in about a week. Fine in about a week, and you're sipping away some brewskis, I see? Yes, because it's not really about that. It was like this uh, the, the high and the low that I received. So basically, um, a couple projects that I'm working on, um, a couple of events got set up and I was just on cloud nine, uh, driving from Toronto to Montreal, six hour drive. And then, uh, I literally got in yesterday and I, I wanted to just do some cardio. And then a couple of guys from wrestling, uh, down there at the, the, the club that, that, that they train with or whatever, like, come on, do some, uh, technique. And then eventually did some wrestling. And uh, we had our head, uh, my my head, uh, what's it called? Basically, just bumped into another. Uh, his stood the test, although I, uh, I'm still complaining about it. But anyways, uh, the <laughs> point being, the point being, uh, was so I hit beds, and obviously I was bleeding, and I had to wait more time. So six hour drive, three hour wait time, four hour wait time uh, in the hospital last night, and then uh, this morning, um, I was like, hey, it's not going to be bad. It's whatever, whatever. I'm peeing. And I had my headphones on, whatever. And as I pull up my pants, my cell phone goes right into the washroom. Right into the washroom. Right in the toilet, rather. Right in the toilet. So uh, it's been a rough 24 hours. So I'm drinking a beer, and uh, all will be fine. Okay, well, I, 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 can, <laughs> I can sympathize on two different ways. Uh, I don't know if I should say you and I are like, or you're akin to my now six-year-old son, who at one time was potty training, 
uh, I'm going to go maybe two years old, two and a half years old. And, you know, he started liking the iPhone and I started showing, I, I would have these ABC apps and he would learn and he would sing along and blah, blah. And, you know, while we're t- teaching him how to potty train, I said, okay, just have a seat here. Here's the phone. Take your time. You know what? When, when, when it has to come out, it'll come out. And I leave him alone in there. I come out of there. He's like, daddy, daddy, daddy. I'm like, oh my God, he's done. Right. He's like, look. And he points inside the toilet and he decided to see if the iPhone would float. Yes, I see you sipping away. And the second time, uh, same thing. I was with him, and we were we were in a public washroom, and I was wearing my. I think you've seen my Sportsnet spring jacket. It just it's one of those fitted yep. jackets that you know yep. kind of makes me look buff. So yeah, I'm gonna wear it. And had my cell phone uh, in my right hand side, my iPhone, and just doing what I was doing. And next thing you know, I go to unzip it. Thing flies up in the air. I miss it right into the toilet. Brand new iPhone. Yeah, so been there done that i know exactly what it feels like uh but that scar brother did you get stitches yeah two oh two stitches so it's gonna take uh what a couple weeks before they fall out or do you have to get you have to have them removed no they disintegrate they'll, they'll, they'll absorb it so it'll be a week and then i'll be back on the the mat trainer so there you go you'll be fine i'll be fine i'll just lift weights but the only issue is like i like again i i've been eating clean too like i'm like you know in shape but i'm like you know what? If the right fight happens, let's jump in on this. Like four weeks, maybe still, maybe still. Well, that thing's got to heal up first, right? Because you don't want. Yeah, you're going to get hit in yep. a fight. You're going to get hit. That's the last thing you need, right? Maybe, maybe. There's been a couple of them where it's. It's funny that I've been injured more outside of the cage than inside. <sighs> Story of my life. Knock on wood. <laughs> That's the old the old uh, Hansel Gracie adage. People don't know that. People used to laugh at Lyoto Machida when he used to compete. I remember doing a, a seminar with Hansel Gracie. Uh, at the time, it was called the Grappling Arts Academy in Woodbridge, Ontario. I'm going to say late 90s, maybe 97, 98. Uh, you know, we were all glossy eyed. It's Henzo Gracie. I was a white belt, maybe a blue belt at the time. And, you know, we got, we got to sit around with Henzo afterwards, who I know very, very well. Now we've seen each other around the world numerous times. But one of the things, one of the questions that was asked was striking in MMA and how we're doing jujitsu. And what about striking? And his adage was simple. And it's a Damien Maya adage right now. He basically said, the only person that can punch me in the face is my mother. Fair enough. Right. No, I don't want to get it. Yeah, violent. <laughs> yeah, yes, your mother is so nice. Uh, very cool. Listen, lots in the world of mixed martial arts to discuss. Uh, and really? Uh, yeah, you think? Uh, <laughs> one of the big things yesterday was Nate Diaz and his tweet ripping into Dana White, calling him, uh, we'll just say, uh, an expletive or F-U-C-K-E-R. A few, uh, a few expletives. Yeah, he said he never offered me anything. And the one fight, that, or actually the one fight he did offer me, I laughed at. So what do you make of all this? Well, um, if we're going to talk about adages, it's the idea that there's his side and his side and somewhere in the middle is the truth. I think that um, obviously both people are going to be poisoned, uh, posturing themselves in a certain direction. You got to just think back of what happened with uh, George St. Pierre, um, where, you know, Dana White was saying he's never going to come back. He's never going to come back. And George said, I want to come back. But obviously there was something in the in the middle. Uh, I think the same thing happens. Uh, we're creatures and we want to... Basically, especially in this, this sphere of public opinion, in many ways, both are trying to just lobby a situation. you think he's going to fight anytime soon? And if so, who do you think they potentially may have offered him? I would have loved to see him versus uh, Eddie Alvarez. That would have been a great fight. Um, I think it would have been beneficial for uh, Nate completely. Uh, I think uh, the distance, and I, is it Nate that's the softball or is it Nick? I can't remember. I'm gonna, I think both. Maybe you might be right with both. both. Yeah. I think you might be right with both. Either way, um, 
obviously Eddie has shown that he's had difficult uh, to get off with uh, a southpaw. So um, in the longer person, you got to look at just uh, kind of like what Cerrone did. What, um, what's his face? Uh, um, uh, Cerrone and then obviously McGregor. Like, again, he, he has issues with taller guys. He's a small guy um, in, for the 155 division. So I, I think, again, Nate is his own, the, you know, the master of his own ship. But um, and clearly the, 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 the example works because he was on a boat before he got picked to fight McGregor. But um, the point being, uh, I think that if it was Eddie Alvarez, he missed an opportunity. Um, but again, I, don't, I can't speak for him. I really like the Tony Ferguson fight, to be honest with you, not because of the rankings, mm. because they don't, it doesn't really make sense for the rankings, but the fact that Tony Ferguson called him out, uh, and we all know Nate Diaz won't back down, but the payday that Nate would probably be looking for, because now he's got a taste of that McGregor payday, for sure. uh, and he wants big money, uh, and I don't know if the UFC is willing to bend on whatever he may have signed his, in his original contract, other than the clause that he probably was able to renegotiate uh, for the Diaz fight, or was it just pay-per-view numbers that gave him that kind of money? I mean, apparently he made a lot, like he, he made like seven figures in that fight apparently but i like that tony ferguson fight no i I will definitely agree and it's not apparently he definitely made two million dollars to show uh and if he added the pay-per-views he could have probably get you know the back end if he gets anywhere between um you know one to five dollars on every pay-per-view and there's five million paper a million pay-per-views that's nearly five million dollars so he could be sitting on anywhere you know let's say if he we they only gave him two dollars for that he got um 1.6 so that's 2.6, or no, no, by times two, um, would be three, uh, what's it called, 3.2 million dollars on top of the two million dollars. So he's sitting on five million dollars. Obviously, that's, you know, gross, not net, and there's taxes and there's people he had to pay out for. Him. But, you know, even if he pays out a million, a million and a half, so um, he's looking at four million dollars that he's sitting on, and that's US dollars. Yeah, much nicer nicer when you and I get paid U.S. dollars. I know when I do some of the gigs, some of my play-by-play gigs, and they pay me in U.S., and they're like, uh, you know, this is fair, Joe. And I'm like, oh, you have no idea how fair this is. This this is – I'm okay with this. Right? Um, So we'll move off the Nate Diaz tip and move on to to some other stuff. Bellator 180 will be a pay-per-view. It's going to be headlined by Chael Sonnen versus Vanderlei Silva. I want to talk about that for a second. Uh, The co-main event will be Fader Emelianenko, Matt Mitrione. And there's also Ryan Bader, uh, who tweeted out to uh, champion, to light heavyweight champion Phil Davis. Hey, man, do you want to do this? And Phil said, yeah. And they're like, Bellator, put this together. I think that'd be a great third fight uh, for that pay-per-view. But we'll talk about the headline. First of all, Bellator in general, the pay-per-view, it's not going to sell like a UFC pay-per-view but when you have those four names if not six names this thing can can sell pretty well yes but i would argue the 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 the, the top part of it i i think um phil and uh, bader are a much better headliner than uh wendy versus chael chael's coming off a embarrassing loss um he is also fighting a man that hasn't fought for three years um and like obviously you know, I, I tweeted out, strike while the iron's cold and three years old. And, yeah, so I, I, I understand it. I don't understand the pay-per-view, to be completely honest. I, I think they have a great opportunity being the on-TV model. Um, they get two million people to watch fucking Ken Shamrock versus Hoist Gracie. Like, that's great. Like, um, obviously, I don't know the structure, and there's obviously a lot of back end, but they've tried this before, and it flopped. 
So um, I, I, I don't understand the idea of pay-per-view, but there are a couple of names in there that are legit. Um, let's hope the card stays because we're talking about people that two people that have, were supposed to fight at the top of it and the, the co-main event, two people that were supposed to fight. I, I still think uh, Phil, because Phil's the champion, right? Yeah, so Phil's the yeah. champ. Um, I don't know why the champ, the only, like, you know, champion among those the, those three bouts, why wouldn't that be on the fucking top? I understand. Like, if the whole purpose is Wandy versus uh, Shelly, you make that the co-event, co-main event, and they just talk as much shit as they were, and they're on the same tours because they're just as important. Co-main event is, a, you know, that's, that's, that's silver on the, the totem pole. I just don't understand why you wouldn't put the champions – on top of the card. Yeah, here's the devil's advocate version of that conversation because I was having it with a couple of friends of mine as well. <clears throat> the reason why I think uh, Chael Sonnen and Vanderlei Silva will be at the top of that card, uh, followed by Fader Milenko, Matt Mitrione, and then the potential of Bader and Davis being added to the card is you and I, for example, we walk the streets of Toronto or walk the streets of Montreal, and we start asking people, uh, do you know who Phil Davis is? They may not say, I don't know, it sounds, I don't know, is he a hockey player, basketball player? No, he's not. Do you know who Ryan Bader is? Maybe, maybe not. But if you ask who Chael Sonnen is or Vanderlei Silva is or Fedor Emelianenko, you might get some more responses. So they'll use those cachet of those names to sell the pay-per-view. And the byproduct of that is having Phil Davis potentially on the card as well as Ryan Bader to sell them and to really get them some eyeballs as well before the big guys fight. You're not wrong. You're not wrong at all. Uh, again, to the, the point that I was trying to make at the beginning with the wide pay-per-views, people will still watch Ken Shamrock versus Hoyce Gracie because of that alone. So you're not wrong at all. Yeah, and that's the name cachet that that I was talking to. Um, last, week, last week, you and I were talking about this Legends League of yep. Vitor Belfort. And, you know, Sean Pearson had a funny comment saying, that's nice, it's called Bellator, right? He's right. I mean, it's... No, now no it's clearly obvious what it yeah. is, yeah. No shot to Bellator, but that's basically what Vitor was trying to say, although he was trying to make it you know, not five-minute rounds, three-minute rounds, and stuff like that. I totally get that. Um, but my concern is this, just for now, Chael Sonnen versus Vanderlei Silva. Um, Vanderlei was supposed to fight overseas. Okay, he was supposed to fight in Japan, uh, and that fight never happened. And it seems, I don't know, Vanderlei has some serious uh, injury issues. Uh, people could say he's a chicken <laughs> supplements. Okay, so with that being said, uh, if, if that's the case, if people think, quote-unquote, you say Mexican supplements, if that's the case, is Bellator risking way too much in having Vanderlei Silva headlining a pay-per-view card? No, I just think it was just not enough Mexican supplements uh, to fight someone like Krokop. Uh, that's a big man. But when you see the shell of a human you would fight in Bellator uh, called Shell Sonnen, why the fuck would you not do that? Sorry for my French. Oh, you're in Montreal. Exactly. When in Rome. Yes. Um, it's funny you mention that, and I didn't know this, Mexican supplements. Um, I was in Mexico two weeks ago, oh. <laughs> uh, and I didn't know, and I legit had no idea that you could literally walk into a grocery store, or excuse me, a, um, uh, a pharmacy, and there's apparently HGH, there's apparently Androstein, there's apparently whatever you need, and you just buy it. That's why all stereotypes have not all stereotypes, but many stereotypes. There's a there's a, there's a truth to it, in some regard, uh, for better or worse. Um, but uh, what I was going to say is that's also the aspect of they have those in uh, Brazil as well. They have those. Like, there's a lot of places 
where it's easier to get steroids than it is good food. I'm 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 pleading so much ignorance on this conversation. I legit, Elias, had friends of mine, none of them in the MMA industry, all in the yeah. fitness industry, or just guys that are just just that work out, and they were sending me messages on WhatsApp. Hey, dude, heard you're in Mexico. I'm like, yeah, I'm here with the family. Blah blah. blah. Any chance you can, and then listing yeah. stuff, and I'm like. No. Buy that stuff and bring it over. Oh, don't worry. You can do it this way. And they're giving me like ways of, of bringing it over. Yeah. Like, Are you guys insane? Same. I can't. Yeah. Like, I, they're like, no, don't worry. You can, just, you can buy it there. No problem. I said, okay. I yeah, don't no. need it, but I'm not yeah, bringing exactly. it home. Like, oh exactly. my God. This is all of a sudden, Mr. Joe, we're going to have to ask you to bend over on the way back from customs. Right? Like, <laughs> Go to Mexico yourself if it's exactly. that easy, man. Like, oh, my God, it's crazy. Um, no, but that's where it comes from. It's the idea that they don't have the same rules and regulations on some aspects. But, again, um, if we're going to be an adult about the conversation, uh, if you're not competing in sport, they work. They work. They're, they're, they People use them for a fucking reason. And um, when I'm older, because of the fact that what I've done to my body, I'm definitely going to be consulting with my doctor and figuring out what – Mexican supplements are right for me. <laughs> no, but um, it, it, but like in seriousness, like they actually work. That's why people use them. Um, and that's obviously something that you're doing to bend the rules because what we want in sport is the truest form of competition, and that's why they're not used. Um, then you can get into the the, the, the conversation of, um, well, isn't anything but what you eat cheating, or aren't supplements not even? Mexican supplements cheating because, like, again, how many people are able to buy protein because it's expensive or glycodamine, glycodamine or glycine, like this, that, and the other. Like, you know what I mean? Like, how many people are, um, you know, have caffeine? Like, there's all this. That's where the, 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 the conversation becomes a little bit, you know, larger than the, uh, the original issue. But, um, yeah, man, they are very prevalent there. Um, you can also get them in Cuba. You can also get them in uh, many other places uh, down south. Uh, you've been to Thailand. Is it the same thing out there? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, buddy. Um, Thailand for sure. Uh, even there, they give you a little, uh, you know, the nuclear option because, you know, most people are visiting. So they give you the, you can get a little penicillin pack on the way out. Oh, my God. <laughs> 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 ah, Vegas on steroids. Yeah, uh, yes, and then, right. then there are actual steroids. Uh, even the Red Bull, it's uh, like M160. They, they used to have methamphetamines in it. Like, you can just be like, like that's where Red Bull comes from. Like that, they they obviously watered it down, um, but like you can get like essentially like they have um, signs that say foreigners don't try this because you're not used to it. But it's essentially methamphetamines, like they the older versions. You could, ladies and gentlemen, uh, you can excuse my perma smile at the moment because I am in this WTF moment. Yeah. Like, what is just happening? Like, am I that sheltered in my little office here, uh, just north yeah. of Toronto? And I travel the world. You know, it's, it's just you know, I, I'm like, listen, I'm as clean as you get. My drug of choice. If you ever tested me for anything, I would fail miserably. Okay, because that's my drug of choice. Uh, do I take supplements? Yeah, I've got uh, protein powder here. I've got another big jug over there. That, other than that, I take what omega three six nine. I take a multivitamin. Uh, I take glucosamine chondritin sulfate. Take that stuff just for my yeah. joints. I'm getting older, but I'll tell you this: I've had former UFC fighters during that TRT era. Um, that literally came to me 
and said, you need to try this. You would absolutely love this because you do train. Uh, you do like your weights. Uh, you do like working out. You start taking this stuff here. Go see your doctor and you will feel like you're 20 years old again. And I'll, yeah. I'll never forget when um, Rampage Jackson came out in a post-fight interview, which I'm sure he should have never opened his mouth and he said that he was on TRT uh, and I think it may have come from the, the at the time that the UFC's doctor that recommended it and he said I feel like I'm 20 years old again 25 years old and I'm just doing crazy stuff with weights and at the gym and I'm like uh dude you're you're on you're on roids uh you're you're that, so strong. yeah but, then, so, but with that but that it's all about the uh recovery so that's the whole purpose of it right so it's not even it's not even necessarily it makes you larger but to your point, it, the, what it does is it reactivates the pituitary gland, which is essentially what made you have uh, puberty in the first place. So that's why you started getting hair in places that you wouldn't. So maybe there's a double aspect for you, Joe. I'm, I'm, I'm good being follically challenged. I'm happy with my hair like this. This is what I'm known for. I mean, do you really want to see me with hair? No. I just you know, want to see you hit puberty. <laughs> no. Uh, I'm okay with that. <laughs> but um, uh, what's it called? Uh, yeah, no, there's a reason why people use it. Um, plain and simple. Yeah, no, it's 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 understandable. Um, that co-main event will feature Fedor and Mitrione. Obviously, that the last time they were supposed to compete, Mitrione had that issue with the kidney stone. Horrible timing. It happens right then and there uh, before the fight is to take place. Do you think there's any concern that Bellator should have that that co-main event may fall apart? Yes, I think because it's a heavyweight, you get another heavyweight on the on the on the side uh, to be ready. I think like you tell like I don't know whoever the fuck's on their their, their roster um, to basically get your shit together. You're fighting. Um, that's one of the things we saw in the blueprints of some of the leaked stuff about the UFC that they're starting to you know in certain championship fights basically let two different people know uh, a couple people know a couple of you know option B option C which makes total sense for product and if one product's faulty shove in another one. And who wouldn't want to jump at the opportunity to fight Fedor? I think this is a really bad matchup for Fedor, um, just because of the size. Um, uh, I, I obviously uh, Mitrione. Actually, Mitrione is a, is a much more athletic, obviously heavyweight. Um, he's able, like he bounces on his feet. I, I, I see a lot of similarities between Mitrione and myself, and the idea that we're very awkward. Um, we're we're large individuals. Like I'm, I'm large for my weight class. He he has a big uh, bone structure. He's a taller heavyweight. Like he he's so much taller than uh, Fedor. Um, and I think someone like that, like for instance, um, uh, Big Nog was an issue because of there's just size. And I think that's kind of the same thing. I don't have no idea why Fedor is not a light heavyweight. Plain and simple. He's 220 pounds, 230 pounds. Like shit. Come on, like show a little sacrifice in regards to it. And I know he's the I know he's the goat, one of the goats of all time. But I think in many ways, um, his issue is not being a light heavyweight. Well, that was the argument forever with Fedor, right? Just go fight at two hundred five. But because heavyweight, because he had the speed and the power, um, and he was able to deal. Had yes, back in the day, yeah, but. He can. He, I don't know if he can make 205 right now, but again, had and should he really be competing? I don't know. Uh, that's another. That's story. also that's also a valid point. You're not wrong. Once again, Joe, not wrong. <laughs> I appreciate that. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, that's. I, I mean, the other thing about Bellator is 
Lorenz Larkin has officially signed over there. Ryan Bader has officially signed over there. Word, word out with Ryan Bader's contract. I want to get your thoughts on this because obviously you're under contract with the UFC, uh, but the contract structure. No, <laughs> the contract structure is you get a show, you get your show money, and you get your win money. Apparently, Bader's contract uh, is a newer type of contract where he gets a flat fee, and if he finishes, he gets a bonus. I like that. You like that? Yeah, that makes that's that's that, that's great. That's great. That's the same incentive aspect, but it's also a guarantee uh, that is not half your money. Um, that's totally perfect. I love that. So this and is a com- like again, again. Sorry to um, uh, interrupt, but like even again, I'm, my last two fights, I had a decision, so I wouldn't even have gotten that. I, I just think it's I've no as someone that has lost once and only once. It was my only bad day at work, and even that was a close decision against someone that was on you know a five fight win streak, but uh, or eventually went on to go five fight win streak and knocked everyone else out. And uh, it was just really higher wardrobe malfunction. <laughs> but I digress. Uh, the point being, uh, only lost once. Um, I think that's a much better aspect. I think that is a progressive uh, act on the UFC's part if they were to do that. Um, and I think that's a great thing. So you bring up a good point, though, uh, and this is this is why uh, back in the day I used to talk about structured contracts. Uh, there was a time I was going to get back into mixed martial arts promoting, and I had an idea uh, of that sort of very nature where every fighter was to get a flat fee, uh, and then you would get bonuses based on whether you finish a fight mm-hmm. uh, and all that stuff there. If you win a decision, you get X amount. So I, I, I would love to see contracts structured sure. in a nature where – this is what you're guaranteed to show up. This is paid when you show up. Now, you win by decision, you get this much. You win by uh, you, you finish your opponent, you get that much. Yeah. If you lose a decision, I don't know if you should get anything, but the fact is you fought for 15 or 25 minutes. Maybe you should be rewarded for that, but it all depends. Again, you know, are you, did you, was it, you know, fight of the night kind of thing aspect? Yeah. Like, again, if it was an exciting fight, I think there's, there's a spectrum. Like, not all fights are equal, right? Like, um, you know, there's a difference between a Stephen Bonner versus Forrest Griffin, and there's a difference between a lot of X amounts of boring uh, decisions. You know what I mean? So, like, I understand it. Um, it makes sense. I'm all for fighters getting more money. I'm of biased. Course. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> now, Lorenzo Larkin. So, go ahead. Uh, not even necessarily more money. It's just the idea that what they deserve. You fought the whole fight. You should get paid a whole check. And and that's but then I I could hear promoters saying, well, that's your show money. Yes, but the idea being that there's a more incentive on top. Yeah, if and, and I had this conversation with Joe Warren uh, over in Japan uh, over the holidays, uh, the Christmas holidays, uh, or the holiday season, um, and he's like, I just wish I knew what I was going to get paid. I wish I knew going in there what I was going to get paid every time I fought, and it wasn't as risky. And I thought to myself, well, that's technically your show money, but I understand what you're saying, a flat fee. If I know I'm guaranteed, like he was making really good money, if I'm guaranteed, hypothetically, six figures, then I know I'm going to fight for six figures. But if I'm guaranteed half of that with the potential to make six figures, like 50 and 50, you know, it's, it's, you know I'm, I'm risking a lot now. Like I don't, now that I know I'm ahead in the first round, ooh, I want to be careful, yeah, right? Exactly. That, that's the thing. But if I know I'm going to get this much here, yep. and that's all I'm getting unless I finish, then I'll fight. 100%. I 100% agree. I think that's more incentive. 
more incentive on top of that. And then you can have more people that are, you know, full-time fighters. Yeah, very true. Very true. Lorenz Larkin made a comment uh, recently that obviously he signed now with Bellator as well. And he said it, it, it wasn't just about the money or it wasn't just about the money. It was more or less wanting to work with a promoter that actually gives a quote-unquote expletive Shit. about him. And I was like, I, I, I... This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Get that. I understand that. Uh, but I can also see it, you know, devil's advocate. That's, that's what I do here. Uh, devil's advocate from the UFC's perspective, when you have a roster of so many fighters, you can only do so much. You can't give everybody love at the same time all the time. So I understand where Lorenz is coming from. I understand potentially where the UFC is coming from. Um, it's got a, I, one thing I love about Titan FC, where I work, um, or one of the places I do play-by-play, is it's fans fighters first. And you got to see how, how Lex McMahon treats these fighters. He treats these guys and girls like absolute gold. And whatever he can do to make things easy for them, he will. But he expects that in return. Don't give me any headaches. Yep. Okay? Do whatever I can to make your travel, your trip, your, 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 your money, whatever, as best I can. But let's be honest here. In my opinion, it'd be like, don't be, you know, choose my words carefully. It's almost like we're on this expletive tip today. Uh, don't be a, you know, what people would say, B-I-T-C-H. Just do your thing, right? So I get it, but from Lorenz Larkin's perspective, he's happy now that he's in Bellator. He's going to be at the next show with King Mo taking on Rampage Jackson just so we can find out when he's fighting next. What do you make of all this? Well, I'm happy for him. Uh, that's why I've met him. I've trained with him. He's a, he's a good dude. Um, I think, um, you know, options are the best thing. More options, the better. Uh, I think competition is also a very important thing as well. Um, so, the, the, again, the two weight classes that Bellator has really injected great talent in, welterweight and light heavyweight. So oh, they, yeah, welterweight there's an, sick. I know, exactly. So they are, like, they're argue, like, they arguably have just as good of a welterweight and light heavyweight division. Like, obviously – no one's going to be like, obviously no one compares to Jones and uh, DC and not many compared to someone like wonder boy and Woodley and even like uh, Lawler when they come back. But at the same time, uh, they're pretty damn close. Um, I think uh, Bellator has a better leading up to top five uh, light heavyweight uh, division. I think it's like, you know, top five to six, I think, you know, from 12, to six, with the exception of Misha, um, I think the, they're better in Bellator. And then uh, the, you know, the t- there's three guys that are better than uh, than Bellator in regards to light heavyweight. In regards to obviously DC, Anthony Johnson, um, and then uh, uh, John Jones, and I would throw in Misha Serganov. Like it's like Shogun. Like come on, uh, wonder uh, what's called um, uh, Phil Davis is a you know, he's a champion. Um, so is now Bader. Bader's in a better position, I think, than someone like Shogun. Um, I think there's a lot of name recognition in the light heavyweight division. It's one of the older ones, just like heavyweight is. Um, but with that being said, um, essentially, Bellator's heavyweight division is, un, like, is not really real. 
You know what I mean? They have like four guys, <laughs> four that, heavyweights. That, unfortunately, that rarely fight. Yeah. Yep. I'll drink to that. <laughs> in terms of the light heavyweight division, though, you take a look at what happened with the UFC over in London. Uh, I want to ask you real quick, uh, and it's, it could just be me because I hate when I see this stuff here. Um, I shouldn't say hate. It just annoys me. Jimmy Manoa takes on Corey Anderson, and the call the call some people make is that it's a one-punch knockout. Well, no, there are many punches. A- yeah. <laughs> there are punches before that. <laughs> no, I understand. Uh, it's the walk away. It's, a, it's at least a walk away. A walk yes. away. Like he knocked him out. Walked away. It's it's a la Mark Hunt, right? Like Mark Hunt is Mark Hunt is a one punch knockout. Um, that was that, he hit him before that, and he had him wobbled. Like there was. Well, that's a what I'm saying. Into, it's not yeah. a one punch knockout. And every time I hear it, I'm like, the guy threw 17 punches. It, it ended early, but he threw like 17 punches to lead up to that situation where yep. he could throw that left and hook. Walk off. I will agree with you. Joe's not wrong. Joe's not wrong. <laughs> Title. Joe not wrong. <laughs> it's funny because uh, the owner of the site here and some of the guys, the managing editor at the site here, Fightful.com, want to come out with some T-shirts and they want to show down Joe's shirt. I'm Joe's like, not wrong. Joe's <laughs> not wrong. Joe's not wrong. <laughs> oh my! God, how narcissistic would I be walking around with a shirt? As long says, as other people wear it, other people wear it, other people wear it would be the best. No, I, I still think you should. On those days that you really just want to tell people to go fuck themselves, Joe's not wrong. You don't have to say it. Just fightful, fightful, <laughs> MMA.com. Joe's not wrong. Just tap the shirt. The real dilemma with that, Elias Theodoro, is if I could convince my wife. Wife, that's, that's, that's what I was going to that shirt. <laughs> well, thing, or, or you piss her off too every time she tells you to do something. Do you know how fast she would take that shirt, turn it into a mop? And to clean exactly. the floor. Well, she'd mop you, then mop you with the floor. <laughs> right? Here, Joe, go clean the rims on your truck with the shirt. Thanks. Exactly. Thanks, honey. I appreciate it. Uh, Jimmy Manoa takes out Corey Anderson. Uh, we, we talked about it beforehand. Uh, when Jimmy Manoa decides to, that he wants to hurt people, yeah, going to hurt people, uh, and he did that against Corey Anderson, who was all class afterwards. He understands that, hey, you know what? You don't win them all. Uh, you win some, you lose some. But Jimmy took some shots at John Jones. I was like, I want to see that fight now. Shots fired. Yeah, no, definitely shots fired. It, it, well, we'll see when he comes back. He comes back to like what, July, August, September? Who the fuck knows? Um, uh, but uh, see, I just need a couple of drinks and I'm, I'm, I'm pulling a Pearson. <laughs> oh, Pearson's on fire. And Pearson doesn't drink. I, I know. Just tease off. Well, man. Well, that's, that's where he and I differ. <laughs> but the point being, um, basically, uh, no, like all the power to him. Uh, Jones is obvious should, well, not obviously, like there's still a dilemma with John Jones. And he was also saying he didn't really want to fight John Jones. Um, now he's obviously said Jones to fight because of course, like it's Jones or well, it's Jones, but either way, I digress. Now the point I'm trying to say, um, we we're talking about, uh, you know, the issue of rebooking, uh, uh, Vanderlei versus Chael or, um, Fedor versus Matt Mitrione, will it happen? Um, Jones has had a couple of issues. When I say a couple, I'm being very, 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 very nice about it. Um, honestly, the only person that can beat John Jones is John Jones. That's it. That's my feeling. He's my favorite fighter. Like, um, you can obviously add the aspect of his anatomy. He is a super freak. He's sandwiched in between 
two athlete brothers who they've been just probably just alpha mailing each other since they're born. Like he's, he's a professional. He's the, un, like he's well, except for, you know, Matt Hamill, the goat of all goats, who is the only person to beat John Jones default default. But, um, what I was going to say <laughs> is, uh, John Jones is undefeated and the only person he's lost to is himself. Like, um, his anatomy is amazing. He has like 84 inch reach. This is just for lack of a better word, better word, uh, ridiculous. Um, and uh, he, he's so game because he's been sandwiched in between two freaking alpha males. He's the underachiever in his family. Like the best fighter to ever come in mixed martial arts is the underachiever in his family in regards to athletics. Like that's, that's crazy. Um, but, and, and like, I honestly, like I, I've had heart to hearts with him. Like when I was, uh, um, what do you call it? Uh, at the ultimate fighter house. And then once or twice at, at a club in Toronto when he didn't remember they ever happened, but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but then again, again, I've seen him many different times across and like his mental focus before this last incident um, was tremendous. And he is, has that aura. Like again, Anderson Silva was more dominant in regards to that aura because of just the, you know, he has a dad body. He's had a dad body forever. Like Anderson Silva is a normal looking human. Yeah. Jones is a super athlete, especially when like the, the latter part when he was lifting and he's now lifting and actually putting in a strength and conditioning routine, he looks imposing. Like he is just, but, um, but, um, no, uh, I think there's also an issue to be said where whether Jones, when Jones returns and also if Jones returns. I think he'll return. It's just a matter of trying to figure it all out, right? Will he? I think so. I of think- course. He has to. I want to. I'm his biggest cheerleader. I will literally be a ring girl for his fight. Like, like that's how pumped I am about him. But, like, I'm just – I'm half kidding, obviously. Of course he's going to fight. But he's fought once in, like, three years. Yeah, but that's that's the problem with John. It's his own. That, that's body. what I was trying to say. That's what I'm yeah. saying. The only person, the only yeah. person that can beat John Jones is John Jones. Elias is not wrong. Ah, we both have matching shirts. <laughs> but the thing is, though, it's, it's his own demise. Now I'm thinking Jimmy Manoa, uh, aka uh, what I used to be pretty good at, reverse psychology. I think he's just reverse psychologying his For way sure. into a John Jones fight. For sure. Um, interesting. Yep. I think there's there's some validity to it. Either either way, either way he wins because either he sets himself up with a fight with Jones, and then the real issue is actually winning. Um, then or he insults him and he just gets to take a little bit of his name. You know what I mean? Like he gets to talk shit and then go fight someone else. And if he fights someone else and smashes him, like yeah, John Jones, I don't trust him or whatever the case. Like again, he was talking about steroids. He's talking about this. He's talking about that. Which. Um, there's a real issue with uh, Jones. Like, again, I, I actually believe him in the, like, he's a savage. Like he is like me. Um, he suffers from clearly, it's a clear example of suffering from impulse control. Um, whether it's alcohol, whether it's women, whether it's, uh, drugs, whether it's fighting, it's all impulse control. Um, so he has one last, Vice left into him, just swinging dick like a savage. So um, the idiot was buying gas, gas station fucking dick bills. 
America is not like Canada. It's the Wild West when it comes to any type of supplements. Like, I don't know how, like, there's two things I don't understand with uh, America in regards to professional athletes. One, how you can be a professional a professional fighter in the first place. Like, I, I, I've been to different events where someone broke his jaw and he has to go back to the States. Like, oh, my God, the x-ray is going to be $800. Like, you're fucked if you don't have insurance. Like, I don't know. I don't understand how someone becomes a professional fighter in America unless you have health insurance. It's the most fucked up thing. And it makes me appreciate how, again, America Light, a.k.a. Canada, is the best country in the world. Plain and simple. And what's the second thing? Uh, sorry. How they uh, become fight? Uh, what's called why they become fighters because of health insurance? Shit. I went on a tangent on that and I rest my laurels. Damn it. It's okay. If it comes back, just just cut me off and bring it up. But the one thing that I always, I always, again, it's us being Canadian, and they and the Americans sometimes will basically say, "All oh, your, they, 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 it's all kid. They're all, they're all joking around because because of South Park, but you're socialist country and blah blah." But I'm kind of yes. like, dude, I'm I'm. People have no idea unless you know me and you've known me for the twenty twenty years or so. I, I'm the most injury prone dummy. The only reason why I never decided to fight professional in the late nineties wasn't necessarily because of the money. It was because of the money and I had a good job at the time, but I wanted to fight. I could not go through a full training camp without breaking an ankle, busting an elbow, how my elbow capsule popped out, uh, not tapping out to a Kimura, damaging both shoulders, uh, heel hook that destroyed my left leg. I wasn't able to, but I could go to a hospital anytime and say, yeah, I screwed up. I need stitches. I busted my leg. I need an air cast, blah, blah. No issues whatsoever, and I hear that you know sometimes like, I don't know the, the the whole system in the states how it works. I'm I'm going to plead ignorance on that, but my worst fear is getting hurt while I'm in the states and having to show up to a hospital and being handed a bill for eighty thousand dollars. A simple pregnancy can cost up to thirty five thousand dollars. Going to go go having birth is thirty five thousand dollars without health insurance. $35,000 to deliver a kid if you do not have health insurance. I, I, you know what? I, I, don't, I don't know what to say to that. Like, and then, again, again, the, the, that's a whole different discussion in the idea of, like, America in general. Because, like, again, they talk about being this very Christian country. But, like, this atheist will tell you, you know, Jesus, he probably wouldn't be cool with that. Um, so it, it's, it's, it's a confusing situation in general. Um no, I think what I was basically trying to say, like, obviously the health insurance thing, um, and then also the supplement aspect, why you wouldn't, that's what it was, how you would not do your due diligence. Like, it, supplements, for whatever reason, do not follow under the Food and Drug Administration, so they are literally the Wild West. Um, and, like, my sponsor, Shameless Plug, HPN, High Performance Nutrition, um, they are safe for sport. What that basically means is you allow an audit of your, your supplements at any point. We'll go in and take like a batch of, you know, a thousand. They'll take a batch of, you know, whatever, 1% of it. And they will do testing of it um, because there's examples. Like you can look at many different examples on the internet where like one of my favorite ones where this, this company, uh, they made old, old, um, not old people, but elderly supplements for like, you know, 50 plus kind of thing. Um, and then a, a whole batch of them, people started like, they started turning yellow. Their livers started failing because that same company did steroids before that and they didn't clean the actual vessels properly. So all these oh, elderly wow. people 
are just getting jaundice and uh, what's called liver failure because they're, they're taking their vitamins. America is the worst place to get supplements from unless they allow certain Like, again, HPN, it's not even the, the, the shameless plug. This is what someone, every, everyone should be, you know, um, should be uh, expecting of their supplements. Um, whether, again, something like HPN that does allows the audit. But I know the actual culture of the, the, the company. I know they are great people that only want to better people. Um, they're not doing anything on the, the – the, uh, like everything's on the up and up rather than some shady shit that's on the side. But that's the issue that you deal with in America. Um, and uh, what's called – I just uh, did my new whereabouts for USADA. Um, and uh, there's a whole component where like now – like before they used to say like you got to do your due diligence. Now they really say you got to do your due diligence because like a whole bunch of people were getting popped in America – for tainted supplements, like something like protein powder. Well, George Sullivan recently came out, a UFC fighter uh, who was tested positive, and his statement was this. So the worst part about last year's suspension was the thing I was suspended for was not on the bottle label. It was not on the ingredients. So when they tested a supplement I was on, it tested positive for unlabeled residue of something which I can't say because we're going to be in court about it. So in essence, he was taking a supplement that didn't have anything illegal in there. And the next thing you know, he gets popped and he's like, this is what I took. Look at the label. Nothing there. They test the supplement. There it is. America. So let me dig in time and deeper into that proprietary blend that means there is not more than one there's potentially not more than one percent of anything else that could possibly be in there that's them basically wiping their hands clean of whatever that's a technical mumbo jumbo some bullshit where proprietary blend essentially just means proprietary sorry proprietary blend um is basically means that there is, you know, like within the threshold, there's no more than like 1% or there's no more than 5% or there's like, you know, nothing by on purpose, uh, like purposefully there. Um, and that's kind of legal mumbo jumbo. Um, don't do anything that doesn't do like a BCE, G, or I can't remember what it is. Uh, let me show you. One second. You keep talking. All right. Yeah. No, I totally get it. And um, apologies, ladies and gentlemen, because we definitely do want to get to some. Uh, I want to get to the Gunnar Nelson versus Alan Ben fight uh, with Elias Theodore. I also want to touch on very quickly uh, UFC 210 uh, with Daniel Cormier taking on Anthony Rumble Johnson, of course. And, and maybe we'll talk also about Chris Weidman very quickly taking on uh, Gegard Musashi. A lot of people are, are leaning over to Musashi and almost like are like kind of not laughing at Chris Wyman, but are saying whatever. But um, we're on this supplement kick here. We're on this stairway kick. I don't know how we turned into this, but this is what happens when you have a good conversation. Uh, and Elias, you've got an example here? Yeah. So again, my sponsor, shameless plug, uh, quasi, but it, it's more so the idea that what the conversation we're having. Um, something as simple as this, where it says safe for sport, but more importantly, one of the um, organization where it's certified drug-free um, is, uh, what's it called? BSCG, right? Like that's the American version. Um, something like uh, BioSteel in, in Canada, they have same much, uh, same sorry, much the same uh, situation. Um, it, it basically allows an audit. Um, so the, the the company BSCG or the organization um, will basically just randomly take a certain batch of uh, basically X amount of supplements or you know of your catalog. Um, something like BioSteel, which is a Canadian uh, example, uh, they offer a million dollar, um, a million dollar, uh, you know, uh, if they, if something was like of, of some type of issue comes up with their supplements, they offer a million dollar, uh, I don't know what the technical term would be, um, insurance or 
a reward or a fine on themselves. I don't know the example, but um, HPN does something similar to that. And, and I think that's what the whole standard is. If something happens, then they, they, they basically say, oops, my bad. Gotcha. I appreciate that. Thanks for that information. Uh, obviously, people that are listening in right now live will benefit, especially those watching on the video side. Uh, later on, those who are tuned in from the audio side, uh, see if you can get over to YouTube uh, or to Fightful MMA to take a look at the uh, the video side uh, with Elias showing the different sides of the bottle. Real quick, I want to get three things um, off the top of your head, if you don't mind. Uh, Gunnar Nelson versus Alan Joben. Uh, Gunnar Nelson chooses to use BJJ to finish off Joben, who basically he had rocked. Uh, it kind of put a smile on my face. I don't know if you know much about television or how theaters work and stuff like that. They switched. They actually, the UFC switched Gunnar Nelson with a lookalike because then all of a sudden he did a post-fight interview and this lookalike was smiling and being happy. We all know that's not Gunnar Nelson. Gunnar Nelson doesn't huh. smile. Gunnar Nelson is very stoic. So I thought it was really cool that UFC was able to pull off that that tomfoolery, if you, if you like. Uh, um, yes. Uh, Gunnar Nelson only has one face. I'm excited for this fight. I've trained really hard, but no, uh, I think to the bigger point, it was very nice. Again, he, a, a very similar Dan, Dan, Damian Maya uh, response. I didn't want to hurt anyone more. He saw the opportunity and he took it. And as, as a fellow pretty into fighter, um, I respect uh, that, you know, no touching the hair and face. <laughs> Right, but listen, uh, it, it, I mean, it just goes to show you how much BJJ and submissions are instilled into his DNA right now. Because to be able to do that, uh, the natural fighter mentality, I would say, for the vast majority, is if you got a guy wrong, yeah, finish him. If you're a guy or a girl competing, you got you got to finish him. And he's just like, I'm going to finish him with submission. Why give him more trauma? So cool on him. And and you know, being facetious or not, I just absolutely love when Gunnar Nelson smiles uh, and does these post fight interviews. And you just he just he's just a nice guy. And I just thought it was fantastic uh, how he was acting afterwards. Uh, let's move on to UFC 210, by the way, because we're not going to have a UFC event uh, for a good two or three weeks taking place in Buffalo. Uh, obviously, you take a look at the co-main event between Chris Weidman uh, and Gegard Musashi. I'm leaning toward Gegard in this fight. What about you? Momentum would say yes. Obviously, I'm biased because I love Chris. Um, I think Chris is still top, one of the top middleweights in the world. He just got caught the last one. I think he was winning against Yol. Um, but, you know, Yol just yoled out. Um, and, uh, yeah, uh, you got to hope. I'm, I'm, you know. I, I agree. I, I understand the idea of leaning towards the person that has is coming off of a winning streak. You can't take away from that. Um, but I'm still biased, and I'm still rooting for Chris. And, of course, the main event will be a rematch. Uh, this one for the light heavyweight championship of the world. Daniel Cormier defending his title against Anthony Rumble Johnson. There are peeps that really like Anthony Rumble Johnson in this fight. I think Anthony, again, um, I was talking to my buddy Dave, uh, and we kind of like, Basically, figured it out in the sense that DC has to fight the perfect fight, whereas Rumble just has to catch him. That's the difference. That's that's again DC fought the perfect fight. On the same token, um, Anthony Johnson does quit fights. Um, he's quit fights many times and given up his back, even in this fight that we're rematching. It was a rear naked choke in the third round or fourth round or whatever it is. He quit that fight. That was all mental. Anthony Johnson's biggest issue will be mental. Not in the same, like, again, not saying he doesn't want to fight, not saying that he's a great fighter, anything. He just gives up. He has given up 
not doesn't he doesn't always give up. Uh, he has given up in very very important times. Uh, the the true test of grit. He case in point the we already mentioned it the rematch. That is him giving up. He gave his back up. He did not defend. He was a turtle on his back. Um, I think with DC though he has also taken a lot of damage. He comes from AKA. AKA that is both a positive and a negative in regards to training. Um, and yeah, my final verdict, Anthony Johnson just needs to catch him. DC needs to fight the perfect fight. We'll touch more on that over the coming weeks as we get closer to the, the odds as we speak right now across the board uh, on a whole whack of sites. It is even uh, minus 110 for both gentlemen. So basically a pickup fight. Uh, it's going to be very interesting. Uh, I'm, I'm wondering before we let you go, how interesting is your next week going to be by the time we talk to you next Tuesday? Well, it kind of throws me off. I was supposed to be training here all, all week, but uh, I'm still going to make, make it useful. Um, I am, you know, I'm actually going to be hanging out with friends back in Toronto. So the next time you see me, I'll be back in Toronto. Um, I have actually like five countries in the next, the next two months planned. So I'll be all over the place. Um, June, uh, sorry, May, kicking off in May, June, July. Um, I, I should be fighting. Uh, I'm actually going to talk to my management uh, right after this conversation. So I should be having some news of my fight. Hopefully they don't go freaked out about the cut on my head. Um, but again, I'll probably be fighting uh, somewhere around July. Uh, uh, so like July, August, and there's a rumor there's an event in September um, in in, in uh, Canada uh, for the UFC. So there are different options. And uh, I'm looking, again, Dan Kelly actually has a fight now with Derek Brunson. So where are you at, Rashad? Where are you at? Where are you at? Gotcha. Gotcha. Uh, I will see Rashad likely in May. I can I can pass the word on to him. I'm going to probably pass the word on before that. Where you at, Rashad? <laughs> I mean, personally, sorry, personally, my bad. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, absolutely. All right, man. Listen, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we want to thank Elias. Elias, thank you very much for your time. We sincerely appreciate it, as always. Make sure you do follow the Spartan hashtag, the main event online Ooh. via social media at Elias Theodoro, uh, of course, yours truly, at Showdown Joe. Uh, don't forget, at Fightful MMA, and then FightfulMMA.com for all of your mixed martial arts news. As always, thank you to everybody uh, who tuned in live uh, to watch us go uh, go back and forth here, uh, talk expletives, talk about impulse control, talk about... <laughs> <laughs> no, try <Everybody>. again. <laughs> As he almost strangles himself with the headphone cords. I absolutely love it. Yes. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much. And and for those, like I said, tuned in live, we really appreciate it. To those later on uh, on iTunes and on Stitcher, we thank you as well. But for now, don't forget, tomorrow evening, 9 p.m., you must have your earmuffs on because it'll be Sean Pearson sober, probably losing his marbles uh, on some stuff because there's going to be some stuff here uh, that I'm going to throw his way that's probably going to set him off, uh, which is exactly what we want. Uh, But Sean, you know, good guy, colorful personality. He joins me tomorrow evening at 9 p.m. Eastern. For now... We bid you all a fond adieu, and like I always say, ciao for now. Hi, Mom.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.